This is the How to Become a Career Coach podcast, the largest podcast for up-and-coming career coaches in the world, and is dedicated to helping people that are in the early stages of becoming a career coach. I'm your host, Philip Mianko, and in this show, we bring practical advice based on real experiences, and we share actual stories of people that are current career coaches. So, let's get started. I'm super excited today to bring on one of our amazing coaches on, on the Happen to Your Career team. This is Mo Shemugam. Now, I think I might have just mispronounced his last name, but you'll hear me, I think, get it almost right in our conversation. And on that note, today, you'll hear us talk about how we help train people to become world-class level career coaches, specifically in our professional career coach training and certification program. You'll also hear how we help people decide what they want in their careers and ultimately in their lives, and then begin to validate those decisions by designing career experiments. So for many new coaches out there, they, well, they get tripped up on the idea of how, to, how do they help people and how do they really help people figure out what they want. Now today, Mo gives some great advice to those new coaches out there on how we help people break down those big decisions and figuring out what they want. But he also helps break down how can you begin figuring this out for yourself in your coaching business and practice. So on that note, enjoy this conversation with Mo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's like really the, the number one question I know with our HTYC program that we help clients figure out, right? It's like, help me figure out what I want to do next. I'm trying to find this amazing job that it's going to be fulfilling and I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm going to be so happy. I just have no idea what that is, right? So yeah, that's kind of a, a daunting question, both for the coaching client. And then as a new coach, you might be wondering the same thing. Like, how do I help this person figure it out? So I would say one thing to understand is that, you know, part of what we teach in the PCC program is we do give you a framework on how to do that. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I love relying on that framework as a way to break down this huge, like sort of big picture question of how do I want to figure out what I want to do next into very small, manageable pieces where as you continue to build on the pieces, you'll finally figure out what that answer is. So for example, with the one strategy we use is really starting off with helping clients understand what does fulfillment even mean to them? Like, mm -hmm. what does a great new job look like? So you might not know what that specific job title is or the specific company you want to work for is, but there's some work you could do really around self-reflection and taking some time to just write down what have you enjoyed doing in the past? What are some things you're interested in? What are the things that you, you think you're good at? You know, these are all really important questions that any coach should take their client through as a starting point, because it really helps the client really start to clarify what's important to them. And then from there, you know, you could start to use that information to piece together at least a starting point of it's like, you know, these types of industries might look interesting or these types of job titles might look industry interesting. And then you're off to the races, right? Like that's not yeah. necessarily the final answer, but it gives you a really good starting point to start this sort of exploration process. And that's another thing that's important for, for new coaches to understand is that 
it would be nice if you had the answers for your clients, but that's actually not your job. And, you know, realistically speaking, you don't have the right answers for your clients, right? And that's not what you're supposed to do. You can't tell the future. You can't tell this person what they're supposed to do with their life. So your job is to really help this person by giving them some like some good steps to take, some good strategies, some good questions to think about. And then they've got to go do the work, right? They've got to answer those questions. They've got to go do the research so that they themselves are learning oh, this looks really interesting. I like this. Or actually, the more, the more I research this, I'm realizing this is not a good fit for me. And so it's really in the research process that the clients will start to gain some clarity around what it is they really want to do next. That's kind of where I would start with for new coaches to understand that there is certainly a process for how to do this. I think you bring up a really, really interesting point. And it's something that I often see new coaches, but even like coaches that are in like the one to two year realm, whatever mm-hmm. spot. And sometimes I catch myself doing it depending on the client that I'm talking to, but <laughs> feeling like I have to have all of the answers. Yeah. And it's, it's almost one of those mental, mental tricks is you get people who in one way were really, really trying to help. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get to those next steps, but there's just that need of like, oh, I, I need to feel like I, I have the answers, but more so I, I feel like what, what you're saying is like, you know, there are processes, there's steps, there's things that we can take essentially these people through mm-hmm. because they have to have the answers. And just a callback internally our, on our team, I've been using the analogy of like gyms and pushups, which mm-hmm. <laughs> actually I got from Mo. So this is the call out to like, thank you very much for this analogy, Mo, because I use it all the time. It's all about this other point that you mentioned that it's not our job to be helping do the work for them and help them to get the answers. Right. You're essentially their, the easiest way to think about it and trademark to Mo. Well, I'll give you a write a check after this. Um, <laughs> we are like their, their trainer. We can show yeah. them how to do the pushups. We can tell them to do the pushups and how many and then show them the mm-hmm. perfect form. But mm-hmm. ultimately, they are the person who is doing the pushups. They're doing the work right. and doing all those things come around there. And it's more of our, our job to help them through that process and not do it for them. And that can be really, really tempting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, here you are as a coach, you know, you've, you've signed up for this profession of obviously wanting to help people. That's kind of why you do it. But sort of the irony is here, it's not your job. So you're still helping people, but it's not your job to give them the answers. Mm-hmm. And one, you want to understand that or give them advice, right? Like we can all go to our, our parents for advice, our friends for advice and Sometimes we listen to them, sometimes we don't. Yeah. And sometimes that's fine, right? It's helpful to get that advice from people who are older than you, who've been down the road before, like all that stuff is great. But when it comes to coaching, the real value of coaching and why it's different from therapy and why it's different from, uh, you know, consulting where, you know, you're looking for someone to give you an answer is the, to your point, right? If you go to a personal trainer and your goal is to get stronger, the only way you're going to get stronger is by doing the push-ups, right? Mm-hmm. You got to do the push-ups. You got to do the squats, not the personal trainer. Same thing with coaching and career coaching specifically. If you're looking for clarity around, you know, what does a fulfilling career look like to me? Like what would feel good to me? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a personal question that only you can answer for yourself, right? I might give you some suggestions. You know, people might be able to give you some things to think about, but ultimately you're going to have to take that information and do something with it. And so with our process, you know, we talk a lot about designing experiments to help you validate these ideas that you might have, right? It's about like, you know, taking, you can call them validation tests, designing experiments, taking career test drives. I use all those metaphors, <laughs> yeah. but really the, you know, it's the idea of, listen, you don't know what, what this new career could possibly feel like unless you try it out, 
Mm-hmm. And so, so part of our process here is helping people design very useful experiments so that can, they can get a taste of these careers. And through that experience, they can actually get that feeling of, oh, wow, this, this feels right. I really enjoy this and I want to explore it further. So just to call that out, so thanks, because I wanted to dive in that too. Just for our listeners here, could you explain a little bit about what career experiments are, how mm-hmm. we as coaches help people kind of move, move through those and like even what happens when it goes well or what a good one looks like and when it doesn't go as well? Yeah. So let's just share some examples of what we're talking about here. So yeah, let's define what a career experiment looks is. It's this idea of, you know, you're essentially wanting to take action in a way where you can get a feeling of what it's like to do the work Mm -hmm. that you think you want to do. So for example, I know for me, when I was an attorney and I was looking to change careers, coaching was not even on my radar as a, as a career option. So it's not even something I, I knew to, <laughs> to explore or think about. But what happened was during that time, I was doing a lot of job seeking. I was doing a lot of informational interviews, which is definitely one way to design experiment is by talking to people who do what you think you want to do mm-hmm. to, get, to get a sense of you know, what's their day like, what do they like about it, what do they find challenging, getting that sort of insider knowledge that you otherwise couldn't get. So certainly informational interviews is, is a great way to start this exploration process. And it's one of the career design experiments that we endorse. The other thing is taking a class or you know, joining a community or doing your own personal project around something that you're interested in. So I know a lot of clients who've gone to, who, you know, who wanted to get into the tech world, right? They want to become software developers. And so they went and took, uh, they've taken classes in it. They've gone to join, you know, 12 week web development boot camps. So these are like small experiments that people can run, whether it's a free class or or a paid boot camp. It's a way for people to say, Hey, I'm going to try this out to see if I like it. And for me, that's kind of how I came into coaching. I went and took a personal development seminar which was very much all about sort of how to live a more empowered life, how to live life intentionally. It wasn't Tony Robbins or anything like that, but it was, it was something, you know, along oh, mine was time. Tony Robbins, but okay, yeah. <laughs> all, all everyone hands. knows is Tony Robbins, but you know, we're <laughs> yeah. talk, that's kind of the, like the world we're talking about. Yeah. And quite honestly, it was the first time I was ever in a class or a seminar like that, where mm. it, it was like the right conversation at the right time for me. I was sort of at a career crossroads. I had no idea what I wanted to do next. I was feeling very lost. And the conversation around me recognizing all the limiting beliefs I had about Mm. changing careers, you know, especially for people who, you know, have gotten like lawyers who have to go to like get their second degree. I'd gone to law school, taken the bar, living in New York City, like build my career as a lawyer. There's a lot of ego wrapped up in that kind of, in that, right? Like, you know, there was a lot of like things, a lot of thoughts that I was just unaware that were kind of running my day-to-day actions and thoughts and behaviors. So anyway, the coaching class really helped me sort of uncover all the ways I was holding myself back. And once you're done taking the course, you can actually volunteer as a coach to coach other students. And so I did that as well, just because I love the information so much. And I felt it was kind of like starting to free me up from all my limiting stories. Yeah. Um, and then so as a volunteer coach, I distinctly remember a moment where I'm just like, oh, I, I really like this. Like, I, I want to do more of this. And so from there, I started researching career coaching. Certificate. When you say this, what do you mean by this? 
Because I think that would be good for all of our listeners because I'm yeah. sure they've got those points too. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was, um, I was, you know, on a one-on-one coaching call with, you know, one of the students and it was just like uh, such a meaningful conversation to have for this other person. And again, I like to say coaching conversations are like the, the most meaningful conversations you can have mm-hmm. that you probably aren't having. So anyway, we, I was just having such a great conversation, helping someone make some real changes in their lives. And that was like when like the light bulb moment for me went off and I was like, wow, this is awesome stuff. I, I really enjoy it. And so one thing I want to state there is I didn't go from the standpoint of, okay, I'm a lawyer today and how do I go get a job as a career coach? Instead, I just took the next step, which was, all right, so I'm interested in coaching. Let me learn more about this industry. What does it look like? I started to talk to other people who were professional coaches, learned about the different sort of certification programs that they went through. And really just little by little, I, I, I kept running my own career experiments. You know, this is before I came across Happen to Your Career, but I very intuitively knew I wanted to just learn more about this career path before I could make an educated decision on whether I should do it or not. Hmm. So to your question earlier about what are these career experiments, it's again, certainly the informational interviews and talking to people who do what you want to do is one way to gather this information. Mm-hmm. You could take it a step further and like do what I did is take a class go get a certification to really give you that sense of this feels right. I want to do it. I've had clients who have started their own blogs or started podcasts to really get a sense of what, well, what's that like? Maybe that's something I want to do. So they actually did, they created their own project and actually executed on it. And, and that gave them the feedback of whether they wanted to do it or not. So these are the types of, you know, it's really up to your imagination too. You can get as creative as you want about how to, how to do this. I've had people volunteer for organizations I think that, you know, one was uh, someone who was thinking about like going into therapy uh-huh. and she volunteered for like a suicide hotline and realized that is not what she wanted to do. <laughs> That'd be really intense to go into. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. But again, really important to learn, right? Like let's, yeah. let's find out now you don't want to go into therapy before you go sign up for grad school and plunk down thousands of dollars to, for that. hundred uh, percent. In, uh, in and it, it's so, it so different, you know, with, with, with coaching and the, we're not different in a way, but it's more so that just like any change that it's important to go and actually try out the work. So kind of to like reverse engineer what you said, even from what we help clients do, but even from a coaching perspective too. And I want to come back and tie into some of those limiting beliefs that were going through your head, because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what holds back so many people from doing this process. But it's more about first thing, let's find a class, find like-minded people. Let's find Mm -hmm. there's information out there that you can test drive small actions in some way to go find, hey, is coaching right for you? Or insert whatever profession. Next thing is, if it is, next step is then let's try to figure out, let's try to volunteer for some work, go on a volunteer for a hotline, maybe do one-on-one coaching session, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In coaching terms, we usually call this finding practice clients. So are there people that you can begin helping to work with right now, even on a free basis to Mm -hmm. see if coaching would work? Then after that, that's exactly what I did. Same on my realm too. Exactly. And then the next part after that is if that continues feeling good, you mentioned the light bulb moment. So Mm -hmm. if we keep continuing to feel like we're heading down the right direction, then it's even more important to continue next step and next step and next step. Yeah. And it's kind of what this whole process is, is most people think we're always moving or we're helping clients make these drastic changes, moving from one thing to another. Or even what I see for new coaches is we often compare as new coaches are zero or one step to other people's 11. Oh, they yeah, got a huge yeah. thing over there. Right, but right. It's all of the steps and failures. And um, there's a wonderful book by Peter Sims called Little Bets. 
It's all about how can you make these little experiments along the way. And that's really, you know, putting one step in front of the other. But kind of tying back into what trips people up is those limiting beliefs, those ego things that you mentioned that come into play. Sure, sure. For you, what did that look like? What were the stories that were going through Mo's head that uh, were the limiting beliefs for you at that time? Yes, going back to like, for me, thinking about some new career paths, the most common, uh, I had two sort of very prevalent limiting beliefs. (laughs) One was I'm not good enough. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm not good enough to do this other thing. And I think at the time I was really interested in uh, uh, joining a startup company, really just making a complete career change, like no more law. I wanted to do something else. This was back in like 2008, 2009, the world of startups was really taking off in New York City. And that was just seemed like an exciting place to be. So while I wanted to go there, my limiting belief said, well, you have no experience doing that. So don't even bother. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I call it, I want to talk to clients. I, I talk to them about the cycle of stuck where you have this idea of what you might want to do, but then you talk yourself out of it because you're the one telling yourself that you don't have experience or you're worried about what other people think, which, is, which was another big issue I had was, you know, worrying about what family and friends would think if I, you know, yeah. walked away from being a lawyer. And so because you, you, so it starts off with dreaming, the cycle stuck starts off with dreaming about what you want to do next, talking yourself out of it based on your own limiting beliefs and fears. And so you stay exactly where you are because, you know, now you're not going to take any action. And then six months later, you're back in the cycle again. You're, you're thinking mm-hmm. about things. So those were the main limiting beliefs I had. And I didn't notice that these were, I didn't know these were limiting beliefs. And so when I talked to clients, I help them identify these limiting beliefs. But I also acknowledge the fact that for the most part, you know, I'm working with, you know, smart, accomplished people who are trying to make career changes. And these limiting beliefs can really disguise themselves as very practical thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Of course, like I have, no, I have no other experience. Like I had no experience in tech. Of course, that's going to be a hurdle, but that shouldn't be the thing that stops me, right? I mean, anyone who's ever done anything new had to get over that hurdle. So it's not like it's impossible to get over the hurdle, mm-hmm. but I was just letting that thought stop me. We sort of, under the guise of like responsible thinking or being practical, we really want to discern, are we being responsible? Are we being practical? Or are we just letting our fears stop us? Mm-hmm. You know, those are, those are three different things. Yeah. And usually we're just letting our fears stop us. And so a big part of coaching is one, identifying those limiting beliefs and helping them make that shift to understand that there are steps you can take to overcome those limiting beliefs while still being practical and responsible, right? This isn't about taking some leap of faith and quitting your job and going to open that surf shop on, in Costa Rica on a whim, right? This, Dang, you, I was going to do that. Not, we're certainly not advocating for that. We're advocating for a very strategic approach to you making a, a smart career choice. Career move. It's always interesting. And Scott and I were talking about this, I don't know, probably like six months ago at this time. And I find that we could probably spend the rest of the day, if not the rest of this whole season and this whole podcast talking about limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. But one of the big ones that I found for myself, but even Scott and we were talking about it at the same time too, it's like this zero or 100%. Like either yeah. I'm not doing it at all or I'm going to do it 100%. And there's mm-hmm. no in between because I give everything to everything I do and I don't do anything half-assed. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's, are there little things that we can do in here? Because you've got responsibilities, you've got a job, you've got family, you've got all of these things. Right. Most people don't come into coaching or even come into this realm by, to be fair, there are some who stop everything they're doing and go, you know what? Flag in the ground today. I am a coach. There are Mm -hmm. people who do that. And before we hit records, Mo and I were kind of talking about them a little bit, but 
all those things being said, how most people do it is that they're testing things out along the way as coaches. And then usually it comes to a point of they've been working with clients enough. They go, okay, I can actually make this a full-time job or I can make this more, more my full-time income, whatever that, that might be. But Mm -hmm. long story to say, we all know it's not an over an overnight success, but there are many things that you can do to be building those experiments along the way as coaches, because that's the same thing you're going to help your clients be doing, but yeah. also be building the types of people that you are looking to work with more in the future too. And yeah. it's a process yeah. along the way. You bring up a great point. And I was just having this conversation with a client where we recognized that he was coming from a place of, I either, there's only two options, right? To your points, either zero or hundred. So yeah. for him, it was either, I either stay in this job that I don't like, or I just like, go apply to a bunch of jobs and just take a leap of faith that this new job might work out. Hmm. And so I had to sort of as a coach, I just kind of pointed out the way he was thinking about this and it's very sort of either stay at a job that I like, a stay at a job I don't like anymore, or I take this leap of faith into the dark and hope, hope I land somewhere good, right? And I said, listen, those aren't your only two options. There's actually a few other <laughs> options here. One being advocating for our approach of we're going to help you make an educated decision so that when you do choose your next job, you're going to know that it's the right fit, right? You're not, it's not going to be a guess. You're not going to have to like wait till you get there to find out whether you like the company, your boss, you know, whatever have you. I think it's natural for people to get caught up in this either or thinking. Why do you think and, that is? Uh, this is all mean curiosity. There's got to be something around that being a very sort of natural way to think. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just around... So one way to think about this is we're inherently lazy thinkers, right? Our brains like shortcuts, right? Mm -hmm. So we're jumping to things that we already know that look familiar. And so we're rarely doing the hard lifting, which is what coaching is. Coaching forces your brain to do some some work (laughs) that you don't normally do, right? So I think the sort of natural, more common lazy thinking that all of us are, are, you know, victim to not just uh you know our clients here but all of us as coaches even is the lazy thinking of, of just like relying on our assumptions mm-hmm. the coaching really is valuable in the sense that it helps you you know a good coach will help you see other options besides the only two options that you come up with <laughs> yeah but that requires you know some very proactive intentional ways of thinking that you know quite frankly you might not do unless otherwise prompted to by a coach brings up a a bunch of interesting points. And part of this whole helping people through, you know, with our approach and designing career experiments, but even as coaches with clients, like I remember I, and I've said this on this podcast a lot, I had the prettiest website. It looked great. I spent way too much time on it and it never brought in a single client. And so (laughs) when I look back on it, I was just doing that because I was hiding because I was the whole not enough thinking in my brain was coming up about actually working with a client? Was I going to be able to help them? Why would anybody listen to a 20-something year old tell them about their career? Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. All of those limiting beliefs. <laughs> and I think as you bring up of like, really, why do, why do we create like two options in, in, our, in our heads? And I, I think you're 100% right in, in that space of like, it's the whole process of designing career experiments is we're helping the uncomfortable process of change mm-hmm. more manageable. Like it's going yeah. to be uncomfortable either way. Yeah, and yeah. so part of what you're helping your client do, at least, or at least what my coach is helping me at the time is we're going, okay, in this realm, how can we help this person just move one step forward, or at least test this thing out? Because 
this person thinks there's two options, but what about door number three or door number four or wait, door number infinity? Because you didn't think we had doors here. There's a whole nother door. Right. And it's interesting because it's more from the aspect of how do we help people just somewhat get out of their heads, get out of these limiting beliefs and move towards a way to begin answering these questions for themselves. And the way I usually tell it to my clients is like, hey, you know, there's going to be a day where I'm not here or you're going to be most likely going to be changing careers again in the future. Mm-hmm. So we need to be trained this type of thinking so mm-hmm. you can be doing this later on because sure. there, yeah. if anything we know in life, things change and that's yep. going to be happening further in the future. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a really good point is I share with clients that look, we're, you know, we're going to talk about career change and we're going to help you find a new job, but know that the skills you learn here, both from a strategy perspective and a mindset perspective, you're going to carry with you and apply for the rest of your career. You're mm-hmm. now going to know how to think differently, how to not get stopped by your limiting beliefs, how to design career experiments. So the next time you're wondering what you want to do next or you, know, you want to make a career change, you're actually going to, you're going to have the tools to do that. Well, and it even goes for coaches too, because for a lot of our listeners here, they mm-hmm. already have existing businesses, mm-hmm. need to open up businesses. And the same thing goes true with the types of clients you're looking to work for. Maybe you're looking to start like a new, new content or try out different channels. It's the same type of thing that you yourself are going to have to do. And mm-hmm. so be able to help work others through it. It's going to also allow you to help yourself work through that too and ultimately become a better coach, open up a business, grow your business, whatever those things might be too. Yeah. One of my last questions for you, and it's one of my, the questions that I like to end the podcast with, but it's the clean slate question. So mm-hmm. going back, the years and everything of before. So maybe in that time of that seminar, or maybe even before that, if you were to go back to that point, knowing what you know now, what mm-hmm. would you have done or what would you do differently? So let's say, so for the sake of, you know, our, our coaches who are starting off and are early in their career, I think one of the things that I recognize in myself, and I know a lot of sort of beginner coaches have, and I think you mentioned it as well, is this like idea of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not qualified enough. I don't know enough yet. I'm not good enough. And also just quite frankly, like who am I to be a coach, right? Like I know I love this work. I find it meaningful and, and it was helpful for me. So I want to coach and help other people. And then the next step is, oh wait, now I have to like tell people I'm a coach. <laughs> now I'm going to have to like, you know, put up a website and people are going to see that I'm a coach. And, and I, and I remember it having so much resistance to putting myself out there as a coach mm-hmm. because of the fear of what other people would think or say. And that context of what the fear of what other people will think shows up in so many different aspects of life. I know for our job seekers, it's about, you know, some people don't like asking for help because they're afraid of being rejected. I know when I talk to people about putting themselves out there on LinkedIn and building a brand on LinkedIn, they're afraid of what other people will think. So this, the, you know, the fear of what other people think is, I think, a very common fear. And I know for me in the beginning of putting myself out there as a new coach, that was, that was definitely one of those things that sort of helped, made me play small and hide for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so if I could go back with what I know now, you know, get some coaching, right? And, <laughs> and apply some of the tools we learned here of taking small bets. So it's like, I didn't have to go announce to the world that I'm a coach and my doors are open and email your friends and family and tell them you're a coach. I probably could have benefited from, you know, maybe reaching out to, I don't know, five people to say, hey, this is what I'm up to. I'd love to get you as a practice client. And quite frankly, that is kind of how it, I, I started to build the practice was 
going through certification, getting practice clients, and really just getting comfortable having these conversations so that the fear lessened over time. Mm-hmm. I don't think the fear ever really goes away. I think anytime you continue to grow and level up, you're just starting at the bottom of the next mountain and there's a lot of fear that's always going to show up. But yeah, just something to be mindful of that. Take baby steps. <laughs> mm. I talk about mic drop moments on this podcast and I feel like that is such a big one because, so first of all, actually, thank you for that because I think so many people get stuck in those places. And I was just talking with somebody a while back and that's where she got stuck was in the space of that imposter syndrome. And it can keep you there for long periods of time, but also like, and especially in the the coaching realm where it's such a profession where we all designate ourselves as coaches, but there's so much that goes into this too. And it's important to make sure that we are in the space of helping people. And that's a huge responsibility. So yeah, definitely, definitely take it very, very seriously. But at the same time too, like any profession too, there are steps to get into it. And it's one of these professions where, you know, in many ways you are calling yourself a coach first and trying it out and then doing all of the stages of certification and training and, and things like that too. So thanks so much for coming on today. But one of the biggest things that I'm taking from our conversation more so in, you know, one of the aspects I wanted to bring you on today is thanks so much for coming on and sharing how we help people design career experiments. But I feel yeah. like just from the people that I get to interact with on our team, from our clients. But the things that I always hear that are great about Mo is that just the ability to help people move through, and I love the phrase, so I'm going to steal it again, the cycle of stuck mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and taking those experiments, starting mm-hmm. blogs or having those conversations. Yeah. And wanted to say again, thank you so much for one, sharing what it's been like for you and how you've been, how that's worked in your life and your career, but also sharing how we help our coaches, our clients, and everybody do that too. So again, yeah, well, thanks welcome, so much. welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation and I think it's a, you know, it's an important conversation to have. So um, thank you for having it. Of course. So just before I let you go, how can people find you or how can people get in contact with you? The best place to learn about me in my practice, I'm at mgccoaching.com. Those are my initials, MGC. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. But yeah, go with with mgccoaching.com. That's the best place to learn about me. Perfect. Well, again, thank you, Mo, for coming on the podcast today and very, very much appreciate it. But also thank you for listening to the podcast today. And on that note, for our listeners, we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. For more information, check out becomeacareercoach.com where you can find information on this podcast, our programs, books, and endless content on, well, how to become a career coach. Also, don't be shy. If you have any questions or kind words, we'd love to hear from you. And you can reach me directly at philip at happentoyourcareer.com. And that's Philip with two L's. So thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.